powered from the Perdomo Tovar Studios on the Black Stage in Miami, Florida today, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. It's episode 90 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we finally wrap up the Rolling Stone Top 500 list as we look at songs 1 through 50. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco that have been carefully haired, selected, and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed Sudan's Air brands include the Perdomo Estate Select Home Vintage, the Perdomo Double Age 12-year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Minnesota 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars in Cuba, it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced a Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business and growing and curing tobacco to start production, the JRE Tobacco has been able, tobacco farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and his brought their very own brand to market and each contained that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Classic, and each represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And we want to mention Tobacco Era USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Era USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic, Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. A masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber's Assilings, Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Johnson Drew, the all-Maduro Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is a rich and powerful smoke, but yet beautifully balanced and offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your local Drew Diplomat retailer. And of course, we want to remind everybody that all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 90. Uh, Will Cooper, I am not in the Perdomo Square Studios, actually. I'm, I am uh, in the magic city of Miami. Uh, continue. Uh, I have gotten back from Pro Cigar, and I'm in Miami for a few days, and we had an opportunity to do a jukebox recording. Um, so I'm here, and I'm joined, of course, um, on the other end of the planet uh, by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. 
Hello, Coop. Welcome back to uh, the country, man. Welcome back to uh, American soil, my friend. Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I didn't nearly have to do the plane ride you did like a month and a half, two <laughs> months ago. But boy, am I, am I wiped. Um, you know, yeah, for folks who don't know, I normally drive to Miami and then I fly in and out of uh, Miami to the Dominican Republic where mm. I was a pro cigar. Um, and I flew back and there's a few extra uh, things I'm doing in Miami here. Um, but why I drive to Miami is, you know, this time of the year, it's winter and the weather could play havoc on the airports. And, and yeah, the last thing I wanted to do is uh, miss my flight uh, to the Dominican Republic on my, my changeover. But it gives me an opportunity to be in Miami, uh, which I just love it down here. So it, 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 it got to a close to 90 degrees today here. So. Oh, no really? Chance. Yeah. What was uh what was the weather like in the Dominican? Probably the same. Was yeah, it about about the same. I think there's a touch more humidity this time of the year. Um, you know, there was a couple of days I was out in the farms. Uh, I was at the floor farm, and it gets mm. hot there. Uh, you know, when you're out in those fields and there's no clouds in the sky, it, it gets hot. Um, no, yeah. But but very you know enjoyable. You know, the funny thing was, um, I'll tell a quick story. Um. When I was going to the floor, um, I know John Carney, he's the vice president of sales. He's a good friend of mine. And, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to the bus, John said, hey, why don't you come with me in, in the car? He had a car. And I'm like, okay. And as I'm doing that, Lito Gomez says, hey, Coop, come with me in my car, right? I'm, I'm riding one-on-one with Lito, which is like really yeah. cool, right? Lito, like, yeah. And, he, and he's awesome to me in the car. You know, um, you know, he's just really a uh, very engaging guy. It's like a unique opportunity to be with Lito. Um, but while I was in the car, he little background. So Lito puts on a feast at the, at, at, on this tour. Like it's mm. one of the greatest feasts you'll ever have. And I've gone in this before. And I said, you know what? I know I'm, I'm going to eat breakfast when we get there. There's a, there's a, a, a nice breakfast and a really good lunch. Right. So I said, I'll just, mm. you know, I don't need to eat. Right. Well, I'm in the car. Lito goes, Hey, you want to smoke? I'm like, yeah, I'll take a smoke. So he hands me a, uh, a Florida Minicana Oro Maduro. All this right. thing is a beast. I mean, this is full strength, <laughs> full body, empty stomach, right? Uh oh. <laughs> when I got to the farm and I had to get out in that heat, I was like, they told me I was spinning. I was like, oh man, I, I was completely disoriented, <laughs> and I couldn't even eat. I was like so dizzy, I couldn't even eat at that point, right? And then I'm walking around the farm to try to shake this off, which is funny. Uh, but Lito got me good. <laughs> so, Wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, but, that was, but I wouldn't have traded it. It was a good ride I had with him in the car to get 45 minutes in the car with Lido. Uh, oh, yeah. Break. That's got to be worth it. Oh. oh, yeah. Yep. So, but uh, a, a great trip. This is, you know, um, what I'll just say is like I talked about the Puro Sabor, which is the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival. Mm. This is the Dominican one. This is a, this one's been around a longer. It's a little more elaborate, it's bigger. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun to be, I, I got to spend some time at Casada. I went to, uh, uh, La Florida Minicana. I hung out with Fred Rui, by the way, I hung out with Fred Rui. Most yes. of the week. Uh, he just like was great to hang out with as well. He goes every year and, you know, they do have this big charity auction on the last night. And Fred actually is a part of that auction. Michael Herklotz, right. he's the, um, he's the auctioneer and he's unbelievable. Okay. But Fred is like the spotter. So what he has to do is he has to look at the crowd and find who's bidding a very difficult job. Yes. Uh, so, um, but yeah, we ate a lot on this trip. I'll just tell you that. Oh yeah. Well, good work. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
Good trip. Glad, glad you made it back and everything. You um you you missed out on the blizzard of uh blizzard number two of America. Swapping like, up. Yeah, and you know, those guys, I guess Matt and Garrett got out of Minnesota because they were at TPA. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they get they just got out, I think. Yeah. Because they were and I think that, yeah. They're shutting down flights everywhere. Yeah, no, it was bad. Which is and when that happens. It could wreck havoc on the flights on the East Coast. I mean, even if this, yeah. if, if Chicago gets hit, it ripples to the East Coast, which is mm. why I do what I do. Uh, Miami's well, a different hey. animal. It's a, it's a hub, mm. and they, they have a lot of direct yeah. flights to the DR. So that wasn't a problem. But Charlotte is a problem when that happens in Chicago. Yeah. Well, no, well, good good work. Let's make it back. I uh, I got uh, I got news of my goings on. Oh we wow! We'll we'll we will, we will say well, it's not big news. I will save it for uh, talking about music, which we'll get into now. So lots of music stuff since the last show. So we got the dedication show, remember? We're trying to get probably dedications in within the next week or so. Yeah. Um, we've gotten a few in uh, from from some people, so thank you for that. Um, but yeah, just email cigarjukebox at gmail.com. Dedication to some loved one who's passed away. Um, just their name, a little story, and then a song you dedicate for them. Absolutely. So I, like I said, yeah, like I said, I got a couple. I'm putting them together. Um, yeah, just get them to us. If, if somehow, sometimes, I mean, I think every year people uh, forget where to send them to and send them to you, Coop, and stuff. So, But we just, we, we pull them all together anyway. Yep. So just get them in as soon as you can. I'll put a reminder on on Twitter. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a link on the jukebox site to it as well. Um, I think it's on the Coop site also. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll remind people about that. Definitely. We always appreciate people sharing uh, their stories about loved ones. So, you know, thanks to everyone who does that. And if you did it last year and you want to do it again this year, it's, do it. Uh, yeah. you want. If you, and if you're watching this later, and uh, we've already done the show. No worries. Just get us a dedication. We'll put it, it on. We'll, we'll put it on. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, people like it. They listen to it with like family members and stuff to talk about it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's passed away within that year. Like Coop and I are probably going to talk about our dads. And that was, I mean, my dad was forever ago. Like, seven yeah, that was, ago. that's what kind of triggered a lot of this was your dad. Yes. My dad and my father in law triggered this. Yeah. Uh, which was, yeah, we, we did this. I was thinking about it. I think. The, we started with the second release of the Las Calaveras. So we've done Las Calaveras every time. Yep. And I th- and I think the first one was the second release, the 2015. 15. Was the it was 15. One, yeah. I think it was 15. We we I think we're now always a year behind because Calaveras has moved <laughs> back a little later in the year. So I know we'll be spoken to 22 this yeah. year. John, uh, uh, John Huber's made it made it difficult on the uh, jukebox because we got to like source the last calaveras like eight months before the show starts so that we yeah. can have one i blew it this year i didn't get the Coop sampler i be, I, get, I got this yeah i got it but i didn't get the sampler and that's always the key because the sample and i should know you know what it is the sampler this thing came out i think in june and that's such a crazy time of the year for me i just you gotta go you gotta go right away like uh i got i got one or two i think i got two and one was I emailed um, Hustler to see if he had any left. 
And he had one lap that was wrapped that I could buy. The other one was like some display box or something that he had open in this shop. He's like, I'll, I'll sell you that one for like half price or whatever. <laughs> like, sure. So I yeah. was, uh, and they, the, the, the samplers go quick. Cause I think it's probably one of the, one of the better deal samplers. Right. Um, the cigar tends to stick around for a while. So if you don't have one and you want one for the show, I'm sure they're around either check with either like Neptune or Atlantic or your local place if they carry it. Cause usually the samplers are quite rare. They go very quickly, but the cigar itself will hang around. Um, some sizes anyway. I mean, they might not all be around, but I like to try and get the limited edition for the show. So I've saved that. Which yeah. this year is the Lan- the Lancero, which I'm very excited about. The Lancero, uh, yeah, that, that's the one that they didn't release. Yes. So usually in the sampler, you get the limited edition. And for a while, it's been like a, what, a torpedo coupe or a pyramid? What's the one? Torpe- it was like a torpedo, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's been, but Lancero this time, so I'm very excited for that. Yep. Um, I wonder if he'll ever do a 6x60. Oh, he is like, not doing any more six by sixties. I guess he has that new podcast he does with Tim Osgood called the Oz. Oh, I gotta listen to that. I've seen clips yeah. of it. I actually listened to it yesterday, and he talked about the Luminoso six by sixty, and it didn't sell. So he's not doing right. it anymore. Well, Which, that's true. I saw. I, thought, I saw. Yeah. I think it wasn't that blend. Wasn't it was a very good blend, and that sixty was mm, a very good cigar. But I don't you like think that cigar. Yeah, I don't think the Luminosa is what Crown Heads is known for, though. The Connecticut no. wasn't really so- – it's a good cigar. It's a good cigar and a good si- good in the 60. Um, but, yeah, but um, I'd like to – you know, John, I have no problem if you want to do a Las Calaveras in the 60, by the way. It'd be interesting. I Or a short because he loves or, to do shorts. Oh, yeah, the new um, – and the new thing I think is about hitting the store is the uh, – the, the, um, the Crema short? Yeah, the La Crema short. They didn't do the, I want that they bad. didn't do the bell. Yeah, they didn't do the bell. I do too. They didn't do the Bellicoso <laughs> this year, which I love the Bellicoso, but they did the shorts, and I'm really looking forward to that. Is it the short like a 54 or something? Like, isn't it quite 54? Oh. I, I think crown heads, yeah. when they get in that 50 to 54 range, it's really a sweet spot for them. Well, I always think that the best last Calaveras is always the 54. It, it always is. It always is. I agree with you on that. Oh. Oh, he does shorts so well. Anyway, that's a long way to say the dedication show is coming. Absolutely. Uh, um, and a long way to say that I love the shorts that Crown Heads do. Yep. Um, oh, the Jericho Hill short coupe. Anyway, that, that cigar is amazing. If you that was the one it, you got me hooked it. on it. Yeah, you got me hooked. That's the one you gave me. And I remember smoking that in the Atlanta airport. Ooh. I'm like, and that was a really good size. Yeah. Good cigar. Um. So we got a lot of music news. So I'm back to reviews. The lists are over. So I got some reviews up. We'll talk about one today. Um, we'll talk about two, actually, because one of the reviews is going to coincide with something else. So check out the, the site, cigarjukebox.com. It's uh, Black History Month this month. Uh, now, all month, PBS, and I've talked about this previously, and I did a feature on hip hop, and, and I mentioned this, is that PBS... Uh, is doing the 50 because it's 50 years in hip hop and they're doing a 50 years in hip hop sort of like series. Um, so it's very good. So they're kind of it's it's a, it's it's all these different episodes. So if you were to go online, like go to PBS, I'm sure you can stream them. 
Um, yeah, usually but, PBS, they have it for a limited time where you can stream it. So if you're listening to this, you probably want to check it out sooner than later. Yeah, because they're, they're doing a lot of stuff around um, sort of Black History Month, but how it coincides with hip hop and music. So I highly recommend that. It's very well done. Uh, if you remember, the Grammys did, did sort of a feature like 50 years of hip hop uh, as well. So it's a big thing. I wrote a bit of a feature on it and it coincides with Black History Month, which is probably why they're they're doing so many great shows on it. Uh, so check that out. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, so just check out uh, like anything on Black History Month, really. Um, check out all the, the, I mean, PBS, other like NPR, like other places, be doing tons of stuff on on uh, different impacts, not just to music, but social activists and things like that. So be sure to check all that out. I got a feature on the site coinciding with yep. Black History Month. Um, we also did it's a while ago. We did like a civil rights and music sort of yep. Um, playlist of maybe about what like 60 70 songs or something yep really um, good music on that definitely um you want to check that out so i think for people uh like music is a very good sort of avenue for anything really like when we do international women's day and stuff like that because it yeah. celebrates some of the pioneers and, and and also social activists especially in music we're looking at people like nina simone and stuff like that yep um so i'll i'll send coop that uh, well, link to that song list again on Spotify, and you can check that out. Absolutely. Um, yep, we'll put that in the, uh, with the links of the playlist. Yep. Uh, now, before we get into anything else, um, so we're going to do, we're going to talk about uh, an unfortunate death in the music industry and then sort of uh, one last piece of news. So the other review I have up for is for um de la soul and and tragically one of their one of their founding members true joy the dove from de la soul died probably within oh. the last week or so i and i missed that by the way just being in the dr i guess i just didn't hear it yeah so he passed away unfortunately um probably de la soul along with and they, but they've been putting out music the whole time but a lot of tribe called quest and the roots really developed that sort of jazzy really highly vocabulary, like really interesting rhyme structure, uh, East Coast style in like the 90s. So it was like them, Tribe Called Quest was putting out records. I think The Roots was just starting around that like 95, 96. Dale Soul was earlier than that. Um, but yeah, they kind of have that more jazzy. I mean, Dale Soul is sort of that yeah. like hippie vibe, like love and hip hop vibe. Um. No, so he passed away. And the unfortunate thing about it is it's coinciding with the re-release of uh, Three Feet High and Rising, which is one of which is their debut record, mm -hmm. uh, which one of the songs, The Magic Number, they have put out on a seven inch, which I wrote a review on. Um, and they're putting out this record and they might even have a new record that's going to release that he would he would have been on. Um so no, just uh, pretty unfortunately, it doesn't get to see this sort of revival going on with them. So the magic number songs, the magic number, and I know are both off three feet high and rising. Uh -huh. um, Pain is a track. Kind of their resurgence was um, like I think it's like nobody can stop the crowd or something. Or mm -hmm. I'm nobody. It was. Uh, it's like uh, their release about two releases ago, and it kind of got them back on the map. And Pain is a track off of that. 
Um, and yeah, it was just it's just unfortunate, Coop, and kind of out of nowhere, to be honest. Um, because they're getting back in the news with the re-release, and everybody's getting excited, and this sort of came out of nowhere. I think it's only like fifty-five or something. I don't think it's that old. Oh wow! I don't think it was super old, but uh, but yeah, unfortunate uh, death in the in the industry and in in, in uh, hip hop as well. Yeah, it was very. I said, I it, one of sometimes when you we travel to the country, you kind of lose track of news and stuff. And yeah, I saw, you would. I saw that. Yeah, I was a little surprised on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, fifty-four. Not that old. Enjoy, Dove. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, but uh, check out their music. Um, they're going to be sending it. They're, like I said, they're re-releasing this record. Um, so get, you know, get into that, um, be, be aware that, like I said, it's got the three feet high and rising. So there's going to be a lot of stuff with three feet high and rising, um, especially since the death and the re-release. So just be, um, just be, be aware, be on the lookout and the album that pain comes off of, uh, which is like a song that everybody likes. It's called the, um, and the anonymous nobody. That's the name of the record. And that's sort mm-hmm. of like kickstarted him again because that record was very well received. Um, so, yeah. Now, it's hard to transition to this, but my big news, Coop, is this evening in about, oh, I'd say eight hours, I'm going to be leaving to go see one Harry Styles. He's in Brisbane? He's in on the Gold Coast. Okay. So it'll be uh, my daughter and I are going to go see Harry, the love tour. Very excited. You know, wet I knew he was opening. Tour- wow. Nice. Yep. You're a wet leg guy. Yeah. And um, I knew the Australian tour was coming up. I knew you were going. I didn't realize it was this soon. Oh, yeah. It's on. Yep. Harry. Yep. He's going to be running around in a feather boa. My daughter and I have already gone online and looked at the concert merch, so we've picked out what we want. It is it is hairy time. <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be seeing some reports come. Like by the time this airs, you'll already have been there, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of reports out of this. A lot uh, of reports. I uh, this for interesting. It's in you know it's interesting in the music industry because we're still we're still dealing with the ripple effects of COVID because this concert was actually coop canceled due to covid this concert was supposed to happen two years ago yes yeah um, i remember getting yep kept getting postponed and and canceled so we're still seeing sort of the ripple effects that covid had on tours and stuff still yeah still yeah um wow surprising wow but harry's here and fresh off the grammy fresh off the grammy which uh you didn't see our last episode we uh I had a lot to say about that. Yeah, we blasted it, but <laughs> it is fresh off of it. He got the wrong Grammy was the problem. Like, I, I he should have got the yeah. record of the year and the song of the year, and he gets album of the year. It was the wrong Grammy. They get. He got a Grammy, but they gave him the wrong one. I still, Bonnie Ray Coop, I, I can't. Like, I can't. Like, it, it makes got, no sense to me. She must have some blackmail on, on the uh, Grammy. That's all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> she must. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it for for music news. Except for oh yeah, you wanted to talk a bit of halftime. halftime yeah, show. um, yeah. I'll mention one thing before we kind of do that. Uh, new oldies list. Everything's out there, but number one because I yes. it's a little tough to do from the dr. 
Uh, but that will be coming out probably by the time this airs. Uh, that will be out there. And I'm not going to reveal it, but there's no oh, secret what the number one album people is. Know. So people <laughs> know what it two. is. Number two, love number two. That album's so good. Diana Ross, yeah. And it was it was a little closer. It, she was close to number mm. one, but it didn't quite get it for me. It was it was really oh, good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that will be out. Um, that number one needed to be done right. And yeah, yeah. believe it or not, I had worse internet in the DR than I did in Nicaragua. Nicaragua was really good internet. I had really crappy internet, so really? uh, it was very yeah. It was really hard to get content out when I was even doing that. And I was really uh, late at night. And then, you know, when it's slow, you're up later. So there was just, it needed it needed to be done the right way as a number one uh, album should. So that's what, it's going to get the right treatment. But folks should see that by the time this airs. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, if people are wondering why Coop's list and my list, I don't have tracks from some of his albums, is that we have different dates. Yeah, we so, have different dates. Yeah. Yeah. So some of it is, I know at least his top two, I had tracks of theirs, some of them even in the top 10, I think. Last year. Of, of the top 50, but it was the year before. So we have different yep. dates. So yeah, that's and, and that. it, it wasn't even that. Those were, yeah, the dates were actually, I think our dates are similar, but the problem is that they, those were pre released tracks. And the, pro, and the problem is, too, yeah, I go off of singles, Coop goes off of records. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, they can that's put, your number one is notorious for this, Coop. They put out like, all these singles months in advance that brought the records so they could make like two year end lists. Yep. Yep. So it's a strategy. Yep. It's a strategy bands use so they can make deadlines for different awards. Um, so they might put out a single way ahead of the record because they want to be able to for Grammy contention or, or whatever. Yep. So that's why ours are, ours are different. Yep. No, that's exactly why. Um, Halftime show. Oh, halftime show. I I wrote about the halftime show. Yeah, I, and by the Twice. way, first of all, yeah, it was a very good article, by the way. And, and um, I thought it was, I'll just kind of give my opinion and I'll just let you go away. But I thought it was a very good uh, half. I thought it was a very good halftime show. I'm not going to say it was the best yeah. halftime show, but yeah. I, I, I heard people absolutely trash this halftime show. Um, I was like messaging Dave while he was at work. <laughs> like, oh, on yeah. this stuff I was watching. Going, yeah. Um, so, but I thought it was, I look, and I think you gave a very honest assessment. There were a couple of things I didn't, I didn't like the lip syncing, but at the same time, I knew there was going to be some lip syncing. So, yeah, but, but overall it wasn't heavy lip syncing. It was parts of it were, but I thought it was like, overall, I mean, it was, I don't know people I think who ripped it. were going to rip this no matter what, because they want Prince, they want Bruno Mars. And those were once yeah. in a lifetime performances. So I, like I, said, I thought it was, I thought it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. Um, I thought it was a great show. People were talking about, oh, she's low energy, but that's just kind of like the vibe. The vibe is that, yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of like complaining if you had like red hot chili peppers on and you're like, oh, but they were, I was distracted because they were too high energy. It's like, well, that's what you get. So, like, you got to know what you get. Um, so, Rihanna's more of a vibe. And I think, too, the reason I liked it. And a lot of people, I think, because for, for as many people that didn't like it, there are a lot of people that would like it even more than me. And I liked it quite a bit. Is that it's just we haven't seen Rihanna on stage at all in like six years. So I think people were excited just to see her perform at all. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I, like I said, the review, like she could have read the owner's manual to like a Toro lawnmower. And that would have been. 
haven't been fine with me. Um, so yeah, I think it was good. I, I like you, Coop. Sometimes the lip syncing was a bit off. Uh, and unfortunately for Rihanna, those were times where there was sort of like a tight shot on her. Right. Um, but I mean, that's what happens. Like, that's how these big things are. They sort of have a lip sync, like fault, like fail safe, because you don't want to plan this whole thing. And then like the audio cuts out or something. That's the problem. That's the problem is they didn't get exactly. So you kind of know that going in. And if you don't think that they're going to lip sync going in, I mean, I don't know what you're thinking. But it wasn't it wasn't I guess it wasn't bad for long enough for me to really get too no, out of whack. Yeah. With it. Like you said, you got to expect that that was going to happen. Um, yeah. So do I like it? No, um, but I kind of understand. I don't think this was a, um, you know, Mariah Carey, like what it basically no. put, you know, played, you know, it's, it's, it was there were parts no, no. of it that were. Yeah. Which, I think that's the way you got to do it's it. Done a lot, yeah. It's done a lot, not just at the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. I thought the staging was really cool. That like segmented stage that kind of elevated and stuff. But like I said in my review, I think the problem with it is that then you limit what guests you could have. Because if you're a guest singer on one of those coop and you're like 30 feet in the air, well, you better be guesting right on a couple songs. I, I knew <laughs> like, right away they weren't going with guests as soon as I saw that setup. Yeah, yeah when that setup came, you, yeah. you just can't. You just can't do it. Like practically, yeah, it, like it, I don't it, know how exact, you do that. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, we were, I was watching it because I've watched it multiple times, obviously. I was watching it with uh, Anna, my wife, and we're like, oh, I don't know what the segment, everything. And then they hit diamonds and they have her, like, super high. And then behind, you can see the crowd with all the lights. And I'm like, oh, it's for that shot right there. Yeah. That, yep, that no, shot good point. is why they did it. <laughs> that shot is good, great. Good point. That was a good point. Um, but no, so I wrote that. I also wrote about, if you haven't seen it, Justina Miles, who does the... American sign language interpretation of it. So what they do is they are playing Rihanna like on one screen. Then the other screen is like her signing it. That is amazing. Yeah, really good article you did on that, Dave. And I was glad you pointed that out. I didn't catch that until I saw some of the YouTube replays. So she yeah, was like going, she was going for it. It was amazing. Yeah. I yeah, loved really, it. Really nice job, by the, good job, by good job by the Super Bowl halftime show with that. That was really good. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, and so, so people know for all the music they had, I think they had three different signers. So I think she signed, not John Legend, but I think she signed um, the Lift My Heart Up and Sing as well. They had a different signer for Chris Stapleton. They had a different signer for uh, yeah. Babyface, which, yeah. they, which they did. So there, there's three of them. And then she did the halftime show, um, which was amazing. And that's gone viral. Her doing that, um, which mm -hmm. is great. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. And then Rihanna sent her a message afterwards, and she said, "You're amazing." Yes. Yeah. So Rihanna was great. didn't I like was... didn't know, and she's like, "You're the best." So that's got to be nice. Um, now Rihanna Coop is going to perform "Lift Me Up," which I wanted to see in the show. I mean, for people that weren't keeping track, Coop and I were pretty close to the set list. Yeah, you were I mean, definitely cool. Yeah. The fact she started with Bitch Better Have My Money is crazy. Yep, like, yep, yep. Insane. I think he could have gotten like 500 to 1 odds on that or something. I agree. <laughs> That's crazy. So we were yep. pretty close. 
What she did do is she did all the lights, which is, I mean, I don't know why she did that. I'm not a big fan of that. She did that song, um, which Kanye West song. Um, but then I was hoping she could have done Lift Me Up instead of that song. But apparently she's performing it at the Oscars coupe is the thing. Yes, I saw I, I saw that. Yep. What you're coming up. So maybe maybe she's saving it. And we can only hope that she's going to do the Oscars and then release the album after that, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'll just say, Oscar performances usually don't stand up to, to Grammy no. performances. But I think it will still be good if you're a Rihanna fan to go say it. I just think for her, she's been on stage so little yeah. that she just sings anything and people are going to go nuts. Yep. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's all the music news I have. Check out that halftime show stuff. I try to give it an objective. It doesn't beat Prince. Um, no. It doesn't beat when Beyonce did Formation, which I watched again, and that's just crazy. Um, it doesn't beat those, but I think it was it was pretty solid. And I think on a whole, the last couple of halftime shows, Coop, have been quite good. Yeah, I mean, the weekend I thought was the big blip that we had a few years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, that didn't. I, that was like you. That was almost like universally. Yeah, that didn't yeah. go well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not those, but still, it's still pretty good. Yeah, it was still pretty. I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, you got cigar news. I read a little bit about this, but I don't know a ton. Yeah, that's the uh, Alec Bradley stuff. Yeah. So, um, by the way, the now or never has a lot of power because <laughs> uh, let's put it, we'll we'll explain that in a second. So, probably people heard this already, but um. Scandinavian Tobacco Group, parent company of General, has announced that they will be acquiring Alec Bradley Cigar Company uh, for the price of $72.5 million. That are going really? into the Ruben $72.5 million. Now or never has power. And they, they got they took the now <laughs> money and, and the Rubens took the now money. Uh, deals not as of now, the deal's not finalized. It might be finalized by the time um, the show airs, it, but they have to announce the intent because it's SCG is a publicly traded company. Um, yep. I was in a Manuel Casada blending seminar when this right. thing comes across, right? And right as it comes in, Manuel Casada goes, "Does everyone need a? Does anyone need a break or want to keep going?" I go, "We need a break, like, <laughs> like, you get, like you get this out there." And literally, I don't normally do it, but I actually just put the press release out there, um, right? Because it was like. This was pretty big news, and, and we had a yeah. bit of a lead on some folks. So I don't want to say we were first, but we weren't. We were definitely in the top three. So, mm. um, yes. And so, like I said, the now or never has power. Um, power. You're going to ask me what STG is going to do with Alec Bradley? I don't know yet. Um, certainly, uh, STG was a big customer of theirs because, like, for Scars International, yeah. they bought a lot of Alec Bradley product. So I could see that making some sense. But the the thing is, I was in the Dominican Republic when this happened. Everyone, mm. there were two things that happened. One is everyone was shocked at the number. I mean, the number is like twice, maybe more than twice than anyone thought they would get for that company. Like, right. Okay. I think if you said 30 to 35 million, I think people would say, okay. But 72. And then everyone started saying, asking me, what do you think my company's worth? That, you know? Oh, like, oh, oh. So that was the other question that started coming up after that. Uh, even, I was over at Espinosa just earlier today, um, just before the show, and 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 the same thing came up with them. Like, what what do you think our company's worth? That we have a factory, you know. So, uh, so it, it's uh, but yeah, big news um, with that. And I think you know, Alex Bradley, the last five years had really turned the corner. So um, they were putting out some really good. They were cigar of the year. So uh, for me, so 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a, I got to know the Rubens very well in the last few years as well. They're good people. So I wish them well. And uh, hey, if I could get seventy two and a half million dollars, I'd sell as well. So yeah, that's right. So uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> well, a lot of us would do it. Yeah. I don't I don't think anyone begrudges the Rubens family no. for selling when you're going to get that kind of money to build a yeah. company from the ground up. Yeah. It's a no brainer. I think where I mean, as a consumer, you might be concerned is like we sort of have seen in the past sort of the sales not go so well. So you think I'm thinking like what, like Nat Sherman and Nomad and stuff like that. Like yeah. the, the brand ends up kind of falling away. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Nomad was it was a brand acquisition. They Fred really didn't yeah. sell as company. I can't sell as but don't get me wrong. There was a transfer of those Nelmad products, and yeah, they've kind of gone to die. They yeah, kind of went to die. I mean, now you got waffle cones and army men. That's right. And, yeah, and so I guess brownies. And, and, yeah, and Nat Sherman just like died, died. Like that's just like well, literally Nat Sherman shut down. Uh, yeah, and then Hercules resurrected it. And you know what? He sold out all the inventory, so he had to kind of start the company. I mean, I don't ever remember a cigar company that happening where the company shut down then after the company shut down the brands were transferred to michael and he had to basically build a whole new company whole new distribution yeah. get the production going again very hard job to do that's very very good uh you know good for them i mean i think it's gonna take a while to get that Sherman back to where it was though so this i guess this includes the like Alec and Bradley, like the gatekeeper and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the big question that I think a lot of us have is Loris Keaton's. Um, but I think mm. I don't know if that included that or not because that was owned by Alan Rubin personally, so that okay. was not under the Alec Bradley portfolio. It was just the same owners. So I don't know if that included that. I don't think it mattered. So, so where yeah. do you, where do you see this going, Coop? You see it. It's just going to be Alec Bradley is going to be business as usual. It's just a different owner now. Or like, what do you think? Um, they're going to, that company is going to be pulled apart pretty quick. Uh, for $72 oh, yeah. million, dollars, they're going to want to assimilate that company. In. Um, I think it'll be the last we hear from the Rubens for some time. I think there'll be a big non-compete for Alan with that kind of money going on there. Um, I, 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 I don't, unfortunately, when these things happen, I don't think they're going to keep another sales team around because mm. General's already got Ford's then General. Like, SCS Ford's in General. That's two sales teams. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the, maybe they'll bring in a rep or so. Uh, they have a really good marketing guy too. I hope he sticks around. I think, um, but you know, he may not want to stick around. So, uh, mm. but I think this is going to be a big. I think this assimilation is going to happen fast. So, right. it's, yeah, what the future is for the brand. Um, it's it's unfortunate. This is corporate acquisitions are never fun. Yeah, I mean and, you gotta imagine think, they're gonna. Yeah, but wouldn't you imagine they're gonna narrow they're gonna narrow down the brand to maybe like the highest sellers? I mean, do you see any new? Pro I don't see any new product coming out. No, I mean board. maybe they'll keep, maybe they'll keep finding. I don't think there'll be a new line this year. Um, I think you'll see Prince. I don't think Prinsado goes away. No, uh, I think Black Market sticks around. Um. But, you know, some of the other ones might, you know, maybe the Kintsugi sticks around the new double broadleaf and maybe they still do some fine and rare releases every year in the St. Patrick's Day ones. Mm. But I don't see much. I don't see them creating. I don't see any new Alec. Maybe General 
creates it, but it won't be this year. They, yeah. I don't think there's anything in the pipeline this year. And I think this is going to be more of a catalog play. I really do. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's go, unfortunate, go, but I'm, yeah, going, I'm going yeah. by history with hey. general. Is, you yeah, know, I mean – yeah, you don't buy it just to keep doing the same thing, do you? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna try C- and recoup some of that money and yeah. CAO is the one that they kept going, like, um, but you know, eventually, you know, Huber was gone and, and Tim Osgunner, they all left eventually. So, but you know, that they kept me. I just don't see the same scenario with it. Um, but yeah, so it's unfortunate that that would happen because they were really doing some good products the last few years. They were. So we can only hope that they'll keep a lot of the lines around that people love and that, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, um, I love a cigar called The Coil. I don't think General's keeping that cigar around. So, no, no. Yeah, but, but, but uh, I think they'd be crazy to get rid of Black Market. That's one of their big, big sellers. So, Magic yeah, Toast I mean that, maybe yeah. sticks around. Yeah. Yeah. Magic Toast. I mean, hopefully they keep the uh, Alec and Bradley cigars around, like the Blind Faith and the Gatekeeper. Yeah, but you know, even that Alec and Bradley naming is kind of weird because now, yeah. like now, you know, those were so specific. You know, Alec and Bradley were people in the company. I I actually see no, no, a no, scenario no. where they just rename the Alec and Bradley cigars, Alec Bradley cigars. You know, yeah, just have that. it under the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah. So that that's massive news. Yeah, and another massive news coop developing palettes like a cigar. <laughs> that's other big news well today they killed one but um well i haven't uh, seen that one yet i, yeah, I they, have, they uh, killed the uh a the couple except for seth uh, most of them killed the aj fernandez dorado today um uh, seth liked it but no they they love hbc yeah they loved it seth was they very high it. i know yeah that was the selection number one which yes. is that's a new line um i gotta get you a few of those they came out of uh the key thing about that is called selection one because Renee Lorenzo owns the company, uh, formed his own fact, started his own factory. And mm. that was the first release he did out of it. Um, mm. And now there's going to be a second selection, number one. The section that was uh, the one that w- they liked was the Maduro. They have a natural one coming out that was uh, oh, okay. just announced. Yep. But yeah, they liked that cigar. Go figure. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I picked up a five pack, I think, from somewhere. Like as I was watching it, as I was watching it, I'm like, I get it. If they strong, like it, I got a strong cigar. It's a strong yes. cigar. Yeah. Rainier, Rainier, yeah. Rainier gave me one at PCA and I was at the circle bar with him. And I, yeah. I go into the first, like third. I'm like, Rainier, I'm not getting the strength off this thing. That second, third came in. Oh boy. That was like Uh-oh. that Lido smoke I just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a, I got a cigar here that they liked as well. It's yeah, the, it was a uh, number two cigar of the year on development talent. The Mario the Lucia. Lucia. Yep. Uh, by uh, Luci- now it's Luciano cigars. Luciano. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broadleaf. That's a Broadleaf cigar. That, and it really was one of the stars of the PCA trade show last year. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty solid box press on it. Um, I've had a few. Like if you like a nice, rich, like cigar, you're gonna love this cigar. A great, a great, very, very good cigar. Smokes really well. Um, so you, yeah, that's, yeah. So you've had it already. I've had it already. Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, it's a very good cigar. It's uh, very good. It has yeah. it has all those notes you're sort of looking for, like those rich notes, a bit of a bit of like that raisin, blueberry, but also like deep chocolate coffee. Like it's it's all it's what you're looking for, really. Yeah, and you know, Luciano Morales, uh, I think that was his first broadleaf. Um, and I think he did a great job with it. Um I really do. It's a very good cigar. Um, and it really a lot of, and it wasn't just a lot of people. And for developing powers to give that a number two cigar of the year, mm. um, you know that that you know and that's a tough list to crack. So yeah. they they beat up on everything, you know. So uh, good. And Seth, <laughs> I think even liked it. He's not a Broadleaf guy. Well, this is uh, the other cigar that I bought mid review. As I was listening to the review, I went <laughs> and I, I bought it. How about um, that? The power like, of the yeah. Hey, I've done that three times at that show where I bought mid review. Yeah. Because I'm like, wow, they really like it. So, so let's get into it, Coop. That's the, we're finally there. Yeah, I'm not smoking, by the way, just so everyone's aware, because draconian laws still exist in Miami. But I will. Uh, we'll, I'll smoke on your behalf. Yeah, but you, you do. Um, we are finally there. The funny thing, and I'll just tell this, um, we had this show planned in November. <laughs> yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I had, I had to cancel that show the last minute. Then, then Thanksgiving came. Then Dave's trip came. Then we had year-end stuff. Then we had the Grammys. Then we had the Hall of Fame. So this got kind of pushed out about three months, almost three and a half months. So we've had most of yes. the notes on this show done at this point and we we intended to close this out last year it's a little later but we are uh, going through the rolling stone top 500 list yes which is uh which is yeah we're at the top 50 i mean we're not gonna we're gonna go through we're gonna go through the top 10 in like at the end but we're not we might not cover all the top 10 because we jump around from the 50 um yeah i think what you- the way you yeah the way I have it set up is we're jumping around and then in final thoughts, I, I, I go over like what the top 10 was. Yeah. And some of us have some songs on a 10, so, you know, some more than others. And then we're going to go over that. So, yeah. So, Coop. Um, I'm I, I in initial thoughts. I, my notes are I'm very surprised with songs that aren't here. In the top 10, because this is the last chance for some people. And I put the top 10 is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I have a comment. I'm going to the comment I wrote in the notes. I'm going to hold off for my final thought, actually. But um, and I, but but Dave, I agree with you. Um, there was a lot of surprises here. And I think it was more about who we didn't see and what songs we didn't see uh, on this list. And I think that's maybe another show we'll do down the road is all the songs that didn't make this list. Um you know, that um, that would, you know, certainly make this list. So there was some songs I was expecting to see here that mm. just weren't. And then as we were going through artists through this exercise, we went through a whole year of going through this list. You know, yeah. we kept saying, well, you know, Madonna, she's probably got two more, you know, two or three more songs up front. And then we didn't Oops. see some of these songs come up. Um, and I have some comments on, I think, what Rolling Stone did, but I'm going to save those for the end. I, and I, I, there was, I, I looked at this very carefully. Um, so I think they kind of, uh, and I, I think as we go through it, it will come out. Um, but it was interesting. It was interesting. Yes, it, it was interesting. Yeah. So we're gonna 
Uh, so we're, we're, we're all pick some songs and then we're going to talk a little bit about the top 10 in general when we get to the end. Um, so we'll kick it off with you first here, Coop. What's your first sort of track you got? Um, this one, I thought this one was low. I mean, I thought this one I would have saw maybe top 25, mm-hmm. but it comes mm-hmm. in at number 47. And it, it's probably the song he is really known for. One of his songs, his signature songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Tiny Dancer. Um, an amazing, amazing track. Uh, when yeah. you break that track down and some of the musicianship that goes into it, some of those guitar notes and, you know, those, those, uh, they got kind of these, that kind of got that steel string notes that go in there. Mm, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's a, it, it's a song that moves you to say the least. Um, and you know, I, you know, it, it was, it kind of got a resurgence in the movie, almost famous. And, yep. um, but I've, I've been at parties where people just start, it's a sing-along song. It, it, it's, a, it's still a pretty, it's a slight melancholy feel that was a pretty good song. I would have thought this was higher. I was a little surprised mm. it came in at 47, but nonetheless, I think it belongs, uh, you know, in this upper part of the list for sure. No, yeah, I agree. I think it should be higher. It's an iconic song. I am very surprised that it's not higher, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I was trying to look to see where it was last time on this list. I don't remember. I, I couldn't find it. Um, but because I, I, I can, I don't know. I bet this came, I bet this song like was higher than it was the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing that's really, really interesting about this song is it didn't do well on the charts in the U S um, this, no, right. this song did not crack the top 40 on the Billboard Hot 100. That's surprising. So, yeah, it, I think this song really got a uh, it kind of got a reputation to like album oriented rock concerts and, um, you know, obviously movies. So but yeah, it was not this big. It, it sold. It has sold a lot. Um, it has sold a mm. lot of records. Right. It took a while for it to get these sales. Though. I think it, it went like uh this, it was in December 2021 where it was certified double platinum. So, and and the other thing is the other thing is um, I, I there were places like it wasn't released as a single. So, right. Oh yeah, right. Okay. I'm sorry. My, let me read that. That thing I gave you was for the UK. In the US, mm-hmm. though, it was certified gold in in 2005 and and platinum in 2011 and triple platinum in 2018. This is a song that came out in '72. So, I mean, it took yeah. a long time for that song to get, 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 you know, up there is what I'm saying. No, I'm surprised. I'm surprised yeah. it, was, it was that low, to be honest. Yeah, it was too. Um, I'm going to start off a little bit higher in the list than you. I'm going at track 49. So that's Lauren Hill with Doop, that thing. Uh, I love this record. I love this song. I think this is about right, Coop. I mean, I think this was about right too. I kind of expected to see this one on that. I think Lauren Hill's record is extraordinarily influential um, in terms, especially of women in hip hop. It was a huge record in the nineties. Um, and I think it's probably the biggest single off the record. Uh, but yeah, I think when I'm looking at the rest of the list and the rest of the bands as a whole, I think top 50 is a good place for this track. I mean, maybe a little higher, but I wouldn't go top 20 or anything. So um it's fine. And making the top 50 is quite good. You know, it's a, it's a great record. I think, I think the record 
as a whole is probably would rank as maybe like a top 30 record or so. But the track, I could see where it's placed here. It's a good track. Yeah, so I, I think this one I have no problem. I, I fought, I 40, was it 49? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So not not a problem at all. I could have won if you would have said it got. I'd say it was top fifty. I you know yeah. It would if it if it was like outside the one hundred, I'd have you know I'd have an issue with it. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. Your next one though, I am shocked that it is there. High Don't or low? You is reckon it, it would low? be? You reckon? I mean, it's got to be a top fifteen, surely. I was I'm, okay because yeah, this one. This one comes in, um, but this the one they had on here was was not the version people would think. Um, it was not so. It's all on the Watchtower, but it was Jimi Hendrix's version that makes yes. it, not Bob Dylan. Not yeah, the, Bob Dylan. Now, yeah. I th- now I think they got. I think they got the right one. I do think they got the right one with oh, this yeah. one. Yeah, uh, I do think it's the best one with it. But it was definitely low. Um, it was definitely too low for me on this one. So uh, I was a little surprised. It came in at 40, and I wouldn't have expected it. it, it this is an iconic track. Uh, all I mean, on the what? Yeah, it's regarded by a lot of people as like the best cover ever. Like, yeah. Ever. It, and I certainly can make that argument. Um, like, I know, I mean, I guess if they're saying that it's a cover, so it can't be that high because it's a cover, like, I guess, but. Man, it's like iconic. That track. It, it, no, it definitely was. And like I said, you know, it's the funny. It's been covered. This cover version's been covered a lot. You know, you mm. two, Prince. You, you've seen, uh, you know. So, but but I think it's this version. You know, but we always, you know, again, this is Bob Dylan's song originally mm. uh, from the John Wesley Harding album. So, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I think it's you know this this Jimi Hendrix one really. Uh, um, I'm just looking to see where did this rank. I, I thought this was much higher. Um, like I I want to say this was really high, right when when it came out. Um, but nonetheless, it, it comes in at forty. Um. The other thing that was interesting, Rolling Stone had a note on this, is Dylan acknowledged how Hendrix did this song. Yes. And he basically, when he started touring, like after this was released, he started covering it like Jimi Hendrix did. Yeah, he sped it up, didn't he? He yeah. sped it up, yeah. He, he made it a much yeah. So it really goes, like I said, when you see a Bob Dylan's, this is his song, and he's liking how someone else did it better. I just yep. think 40 was was not doing this song any justice here. I, I I really was disappointed with that. Yeah. I mean, especially when it gets to top 10. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, we got some stuff. Yeah. My next track, I think, should definitely be in the top 10. I'll even say what's, what songs it should kick out when we get to there. Right. But, it's Bob Marley and the Whalers' Redemption song at 42. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing song about class, race, and spirituality. It is probably the most well-known, not just Bob Marley's song, but like reggae song. It has to be. Um, it's iconic. I, I don't know why it's 
I mean, if you're going to be like, oh, it shouldn't be in the top 10, okay. But I don't know why it's in the 40s. Like, I mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm hesitating, it's not that I disagree with you. Um, there was a lot of competition, but I think when we get to some of the songs we see in the top 10, you can certainly oh, yeah. make an argument like, well, how did these songs get higher than that? Um, so I, I don't quite understand it here. No, I would I would I would want it in the top 10 just because of the impact it's had on music. Uh, and Bob Miley's impact in general, like, you know, I mean, we're going to get to the top 10, but Bob Miley should be in the top 10 somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have agree. I mean, but this is probably, you know, again, this is iconic. You use the word iconic track. So yes. top 20 at a minimum, I would say with this oh, one. Oh god, 42, man. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I, I was I just thought that should have been should have been higher. Um yeah. but I mean we'll get to some people that weren't on the top like in this section like at all yeah <laughs> that's crazy oh exactly but, uh, but yeah but i'll let you go coop that was my my next one was that yeah and that came in at 42 yeah i have another miscarriage of justice by rolling stone here uh, because this was originally a top 10 song on previous lists how does yeah. chuck berry's johnny b good get it done at 33 i don't know that is crazy I mean, you want to say that, that a couple of songs bumped Chuck Berry out at top 10? Okay. I, 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 how does he, what does happen? Come on. This is Chuck <laughs> Berry we're talking about. This is an iconic song. I, I don't, I don't, this was a miscarriage of justice. I, that's, I don't know what else to say on this. I'm not saying it should have, you, you, like I said, I could have lived with it in the top. This should be a top 20 song, not even below top. This should be top 20 song, hands down. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. And I think the strange thing about it, Coop, is it's when looking at the 50, right? It's not like there's this like massive amount of songs that's been included since the last list. There's a couple, but not enough to bump it all the way down. It's like they included like 25 oh. songs or something. So it's right. It's 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 getting bumped down against songs that would have it would have been it would have performed better at at the previous list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't I, I, I don't know what, get what's going on there. I, I was really disappointed in this one. And I know the idea of doing this list again is to refresh the list. But when we get, when we get to the top 10, I'm going to have a lot more to say about this. I think, but it's a theme we've sort of been looking at, which is like the foundational members of rock and roll have not done well on this list just generally. No, no, they, they like, definitely have not. Um, and Chuck Berry is a, is a foundational member if there's ever one. Like you look at Chuck, like Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Elvis, like they haven't done well, you know? No, they have those sort of foundational members, yeah. And it sort of goes along with that. So maybe in this when they're looking at it differently, for some reason they've gone out of favor, those foundational members for whatever reason. Yeah, but this one is I mean, this is a pioneer. This is a signature song. Oh, yeah. I mean oh, yeah. top twenty at minimum. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I agree. It, and it totally was agree. at one point top ten. So and like I said, there's there's one when we get there's one I have on my list. That I'm just go off. And I and I like this song too, but I'll go off on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now this song, I totally agree with it. I I like that it's in the top fifty. It deserves to be on fifty, maybe a little bit higher, but that's Joy Division's "Level Terrace Apart." Uh, Joy Division up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
I love this song. Yeah. Very emotionally deep and also prophetic because, like, it was released after he killed himself. So, if you're like, wow, this song is dark, that's kind of what was going on. Um, I, I put in my notes, it's about love and suffering, my kind of song. So, so that uh, it kind of fits right in my real house of songs. Um, yeah. A, a very influential song, especially when you look at bands like Pesh Mode, um, and you look at that whole sort of 90s kind of emo thing, kind of all gets their inspiration off of this song. Like, I think every emo band has covered this song. Um, yes. It was hi- I, highly I, influential, I, yeah. I, I agree. And I think it's about right where it is. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, I have no um, problem where this one came in. I think Joy Division is sort of like the Velvet Underground in in the sense that they didn't put out a lot, but whatever they what they put out was 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 so influential that it just spurred on like all these bands. Like everybody made a band. Yeah, um, that that's a now. good way. To, yeah, that's a good yeah. way to put that. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. Uh, with that there, because it, it, it's it is a pretty crowded top fifty, so I'm alright with that. Um, a little trivia. Do you know who was sitting in? in the recording booth at like three in the morning when they were recording this song. Who was sitting in, in the booth as a guest? Ooh. The only reason is because I think they had the same either agent or like record guy knew the other record guy. Oh, I don't know if you'll get it. I'll throw it out there. The only it's, it's before they were big. Not you, not Sting. Oh, 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 I'll give you a hint. Uh, Sensei will be very angry and say that these people are overrated. It shouldn't have been allowed in there. You too? Yeah. Bono okay, and I'll... The Edge. I Bono and The say... Edge were invited, were invited to sit in. How crazy is that? Wow. Of course so he'd he, rip so... them. <laughs> so Bono sat in on it and he just couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe Ian Curtis at all. He was like, he, 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 it has made this lasting impression on him, just how he recorded and everything about him. He's like, it was just unbelievable. Wow. Um, I, yeah. Wow. I, yeah. That's a, you know, I almost just threw that one out there. It's not, I had no idea. Right. I almost did throw by. I was going to say the police because of the whole Bernard Sumner. Yeah. Cause they were with, they're with Island records at the time. And, and I think the record like, yeah. guys like knew each other. And so they came in. The other thing about this song is the producer. So they were. So the drummer for Joy Division always liked to do his tracks first. Because he wanted to go to go home, go to bed by like 930. And like Ian and everybody would stay up till like three in the morning or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And the producer, the producer knew that this guy was was in bed. But he wanted the drums to be like have more energy. So he called him up and he's like, sorry, I accidentally like deleted the drum track. We need another. And so the reason the drums have such a snap to him is that this guy had to like get out of bed and come back at like two in the morning. And he's oh, so wow. angry that he's just like pounding on the drums because he's so angry. About it. <laughs> Very so, good. Yeah. Good. So good no, that's trivia. a good trivia. Good track. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So. No. That one's placed well. You're. You're gonna jump way up. You're going into the. the yeah. I. Group. I went. I went and jumped way up, and I'm still trying to figure out why I skipped all these other songs. Oh, they, um, they weren't doing it for I, you. I, 
No, I think you had a few of them that I wanted, but that's okay. There's plenty. There's plenty to go by. Um, I'm just pulling up my my actual list here. Um, and it is. Uh, so I thought this one was about right as well. I didn't have a problem where. Um, but this one was um, the Talking Heads once in a lifetime. Yeah, that's a great song. Great band. I, I think it, it's a great band. I think that it, it shows that they're. Um, I think it shows that they had a big. I mean, the Talking Heads were a big influential band in the eighties. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And again, they might not have had uh, the the. They might not have had the top forty success. They they, they weren't a huge top forty band. Uh, but they were kind of this, you know, alternative type stuff. But mm. I, I think they really, um, I think, you know, I, I guess, you know, you're carrying auto. I mean, some people call them new wave. Mm. Um, but this was, this was a big, this was a big song for them. And, um, like I said, I had no problem with this one where it was, uh, the, the, you know, not only that, they had a really cool music video on this. Right. Um, Mm. So, um, the talking, you know, the talking heads, uh, like I said, this was a, this was a signature song by them. So, no. uh, yeah, it's a great pick. Uh, I think they have one of the best live albums ever made, which is once in a lifetime, which is like yeah. best, one of the best live yeah, albums ever. It, it is. Um, you know, and the other thing just to kind of note on this one, because we we're just talking about you too, is, uh, you know, Brian Eno wrote this track. Mm. Brian was 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 uh the guy I think he wrote uh, I mean I should say co-wrote it um with yeah them. he did a lot of with, stuff with them so he was he was bit and he produced the album uh, Remaining Light which is you know I really yeah. think that that's the one it, this was this put the Talking Heads on the map uh in 1980 so no problem with this one um I could have you know I, I think I think top 20 would have been a little too high for this one so I think they got this one right no it's good uh Talking Heads it's sort of like we talked about the band Television a show or so ago because the lead singer died. Yeah. But Talking Heads is sort of in that group where they're kind of straddling and bridging like that sort of late 70s punk because they were very like Talking Heads are very like playing at the CBGBs and all that sort of stuff. Um, so they're sort of bridging that like punk new age with pop. They kind of are that bridge band because then they move into like burning down the house and stuff like that, which is just pretty much pure, pure <laughs> pop songs, really. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that good oh. sort, that good sort of like late seventies, early eighties, like bridge type band. Um, they, a lot like were, television, yeah. Yeah, they were. I think they had a little more mainstream success than television did. You know, yeah. By by, by uh, little creatures comes out in eighty five and it really started getting them a yeah. little more in, into the top four. But you know, they've been they haven't they they've been kind of apart for about twenty years. I mean, so oh yeah, kind of they kind of called it quits and they really haven't they've resisted any reunion type thing. No, so. I don't. I don't know if it was the. I don't think it was an amicable split. Yeah, say. but you know, but sometimes time has a way of healing these things. Is what yeah. I would say. And tour money. I just money. don't know about. I just don't know about Burn, man. Like he's doing his own. He's kind of his own thing. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he I don't know. He definitely is. Um, I mean, uh, he speaking of Brian Eno, like he goes solo. He does a lot of records with Brian Eno. Yeah, uh, that's David Byrne. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's great. Um. They're a great band. They're but they, very, but they it, broke it, up and got back together once, I think. I think they broke up, got back together, and then they just didn't do anything again. Yeah, it, man. Yeah. Without Burn, that band just like... Yeah, just I think like, Rock and Hall of Fame might have been the last time they got together. Probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but no, great pick, great band. It's that very interesting time in music when we're moving from like that 70s punk era to like a new age era into like kind of more 80s pop stuff. It's, it's an interesting time. Yeah, yeah. But they were um, innovative. I mean, they were you want to oh, like yeah. innovators in this business. Oh, yeah. The talking heads were, were, were true innovators in the, in the oh, music yeah. business. Um, great band. You got to check them out. Yeah, I, I yeah yeah we we haven't done enough Talking Heads on this show. Psycho so Killers, Psycho Psycho Killers, great song. Yeah. Um, let's have a look here. Where am I? Oh, okay. So I see. Okay, I have Outcast with Bob and just with the bombs over Baghdad. Now, in my opinion, a little hit for later. This probably should have been the only Outcast song in the list. In this section. Well, yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I actually think this was a little <laughs> high, but it was a little high also, I thought. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's got it's probably one of the best hip hop tracks. It's got such an amazing hook to this song. It's got incredible yeah. energy. It's kind of the band at its peak because then they sort of break up. Andre 2000 yeah. and um, Big Boy break up. And, and, it, and they've never really they, I, they haven't come back together either, Coop. Like they've done solo stuff. Like Big Boy has, right? has been around, um, but this is such such a good song, and it's off it's off the probably their best uh, record as well. Right. But it's so good. Um, Thirty nine. I think he's saying maybe it's a little high, maybe because I mean, um, yeah. I mean, this is something that maybe if you if it was down to fifty to, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't have had this one. There's songs I would have put in before this one. In the top, in the top of forty, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe have is this, it. Like is, the, is this is this better than all along the Watchtower, which was the next one down? That's kind of. I mean, that's the with. thing. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. Is it better than Tiny? Dan? I don't think so. Um, it's a great, it's a great track. I think, I think what you're saying, I agree with. It belongs in the top fifty, but does it belong here? Sort of thing. Yeah, that's kind. Of, like yeah. I said. And we look, we're getting into the top. 50. It may seem like I'm nitpicking, but this is like the this is supposed to be the best of the best here. So yeah. I think position is really important here with this. The hook on yeah. that song is so good. Yeah. Um, let's see where where you go next. So I think we're in agreement with that. Maybe too high, but you know, good song. Um, right, right. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna say it's a miscarriage of justice where it was either. No. So no. Yeah, yeah. Now you have Young Bruce next. All right. Yeah. So if we are saying uh, and this was Bruce's top song, Bruce Springsteen, young Bruce, uh, number 27, Born to Run. God, that song's good. It's such a good song. Was it too low at 27? See, okay. I'm not not screaming about this one at 27. It's it's a top Bruce song. Mm -hmm. This this is the top Bruce song on the list. Yeah, I probably I would say most likely. Most likely it was too low. Yes. I think it's top 20. I'm not saying it's top 10, but I think it was top 20. I I think it's a little low. Uh, Especially when when we get to number 20. uh, I have a lot (laughs) to say about that one. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. Um, So. But, you know, and again, uh, I'll hold off on some of the other stuff that that was ahead of this. But yeah. So, but I mean, it's an iconic song. This is, this song is. 48 years old i mean so and and people and look when people people go into bruce concerts 48 years after this song was released and they still want to hear bruce do uh 
on the run and you're that one, two, three, four. I mean, that's just, oh, it is, you geez. know, this is, this is Bruce. We're talking about. So that um, record is incredible. That record that, is amazing. Well, it, that that's a, yeah, that's a Hall of Fame album. It, it I think it's oh. better than Born in the USA. I know Born in the USA sold oh, yeah. more, but this song, this oh, album came out so good. in '75, and this was really what put Bruce on the map. Um, at this point, to have a, the album, and it's just you know you've got such classics on that album, um, and he knew it too. Like he spent a lot of work in that record because he knew yeah. that he had to make it good. That it was. The record company was starting to be like, you need to you need to give me a good record here, Bruce. You got to start producing, my friend. He had he had this. He, look, he was showing promise. He showed a lot of promise. And, you know, this was his third album. You know, we have to do that show on the, the three hours. Pressure, pressure was on him for this record, Coop. Pressure he had to deliver. He, he had to deliver. He had to deliver with that. Um, and he knew so it, too. And I he think. knew it. He knew it. Um, and uh, ironically, you could argue that Born the Rum was his best album, best record, but um, you could argue that for sure. But oh, yeah. um, it's not like he went down after that either. I think, it, if anything, he there was plenty of creativity that would follow this. But this was a top yeah. collection, the top. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, 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 it's too low. It's a great yeah. song, yeah. great record. I can't wait to hear you talk about your next song. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, you're gonna. I'm, uh, this is the <laughs> teaser. <laughs> so my next song, you may disagree with me here, Coop. My next song, I got Lord with Royals at thirty. I I think this is like just right. I think. I think after reading what a, you said, I agree with you. Yes, I, I, think, I think it's think, just you know, I want, right. Let me let, let me let, let me let you talk about what you said, and I think you made some really good points here. I, I said that in my notes, I think this changes music and women music forever after this song, because it it is totally what you don't expect from women artists. Um, she's got great vocal on it, but it's really stripped back. It's it's not like flowery love song or anything. It's like you it's something you don't expect. And I don't think Billie Eilish has a career without this track. Like, I don't think you get a Billie Eilish after if you don't have this to show that um, to show that going against the grain is still commercially uh, viable because this song just crushed like this song sold a bazillion copies. So I don't think you have people giving the green light to Billie Eilish if they don't have Lord ahead of time with this track. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was right, yeah. Great hook, great vocals. She was only 16 when she recorded this song. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. And, it took the world by storm, and she's from New Zealand. Woo! There you go. So that's kind well, of like uh, Australia. Kind of, you know. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to see her. I'm going to see her next week. I'm very oh, excited. Wow. About You're in some big concert uh, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's yeah. sort of my argument about why I think it should go there. Should it be much higher? No, because I think even Lord is still like we're going to get to songs that are higher. Even Lord is still like. Uh, benefiting from women artists before her, like Joni Mitchell, will get to and everybody. So I don't think it should be higher than that, but I think I think that's like almost exactly the right spot for me. Be that Chuck Berry's "Can't Be Good" by Drake. <laughs> that's, that's tough, and it may be showing a little bit of the changing of the guard with the list. Um, yeah, because look, 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 if you said to me this should be higher than "Tiny Dancer" all on the watchtower and "Can't Be Good," I'm gonna say no. 
but your argument's spot on and is a different way to look at this. And this list also is about influence and, and the points you make about that. The Billie Eilish point is absolutely on track. And it led to a whole different, like, I guess you want to say genre. It changed mm. music. So, so I, I, I will say I'm fine with this 30 position. Um, I, I, I may not, I it think, may not be the song I like, yeah. but I can see where you're going with that. I agree with you. I think this should stay at 30, but I think there's tracks above this track that should get knocked out by Watchtower. And, yes, and, that, and, I, I, yeah. I agree with it. Yeah, yeah. Like the next one I'm going to talk about. God, what is... Anyway. Okay. Like like what's in the top 10 for me as well. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, want, I, want to, I want to just let you rip. I got to let you go. Yeah, I always, do, well, I always do one and I rip, right? You now, do. let me preface this. This song... I like this song, okay? And in particular, yeah. I like the cover of this song. Um, it was used by um it was used by the uh the Philadelphia Phillies. It became mm-hmm. uh it became their anthem during it their great did. run. But it, it, was, it was the uh, Callum Scott version of Dancing on My Own, which became the anthem. <laughs> now, Callum Scott's version is a cover of Robin, who doesn't have a last name, it's just Robin. Right, R O B Y N. So she doesn't just spell a name. She doesn't have a last name. Okay, I. This is not a top twenty song, whether it's Callum Scott or Robin. This is no. not. How is this at twenty? You want to put this at four hundred? Uh, I'll give you. Is what am I missing here with this? I I I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's bizarre. If if this song, what is okay? The the only influence I can think of with this song is the Phillies. And she did, it's not even the version that the Phillies led it. I I don't I don't know. I don't it doesn't no, I agree. She beat the boy in the run. She beat the more uh, what do we call it? Um uh, we got Lordship ahead of this one. Well what what was the other song? It was that uh Fleetwood Mac song or whatever. Oh, landslide. <laughs> uh, landslide didn't belong on a list either. This is right up there with landslide. But I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's I, 20, I, isn't it? Yeah. We're, we're talking 20. Fleetwood Mac, we were talking about hundreds of 200 range. Um, 20. I'm going to just read off a couple of songs that this beat out. Not Day 20. in the Life by the Beatles. Day in the Life by the Beatles at 24. <laughs> One the Run at 27. Once in a Lifetime, it's talking at 28. Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones at 31. Oh. I, I can go on. Redemption I mean, Song, 42. Yeah, Redemption Song, 42 uh, by Bob Marley. Uh, Billy Jane by Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. So I I don't get this one at all. I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't have any answers on this one. But the list came out before this became the Philly song. So uh, you know, I'll just say that. But um, I, I I just think there's other newer artists that had much more of an influence well, than this, this one. Yeah. I I agree. I mean, I can't add anything to it, Coop. You're just you're right, man. I just uh, they this was a this was just when I thought the Fleetwood Mac one was a bad one of of uh, landslide. Along came this one, uh, and it's what a crazy. what a disaster! It's crazy. Um, yep, yep. No, and it beat out your next couple of songs too. Oh yeah, listen to these songs. It beats out, by the way. Yeah, uh, my next song coming at twenty six, so not as good as uh, Robin. Is uh, Joey Mitchell a case of you? Um, this needs to be top ten. It is bad. 
that this is not top ten. It's one of the best songs ever written. It, it's it, you know, it's a very good song. Yeah, this this was a little low, and I know people may not be Joni Mitchell fans, but you have to look at this song for what it is. I mean. a, yeah, uh, incredible writing, great range. Yeah, Vo- vocal range. Uh, like what I was saying, Lord. At thirty, I was happy with because even at Lord is like you know is her rise is due to like people before her. This is one of those people. It's Joni Mitchell and really showing the success of a woman uh, singer songwriter um, kind of paving the way a lot for women that, to you know, make their own music and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, no, it's an amazing song. Joni Mitchell's a great artist. I think it should have been higher. Um, I think it should have been in the top uh, top ten. But definitely, you know, definitely better than definitely better than Robin. God, that's insane. Right. <laughs> I think the problem too is Coop. Like when we look at this list, all you get is a little blurb, right? By some writers, so you don't like. You're like, what possessed these people to vote for? <laughs> like the voting for where what songs go where is so mysterious. It, it is completely mysterious. Like, did you just have a couple Robin fans? Or I don't know. I, I don't know either. I mean, in the. Uh, now, 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 my next song will really show why Robin is like whoever put that on the list should be thrown in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is when we get to the next one. But yeah. Which, uh, which, yeah. Which, uh, so Jody Mitchell, quite good. Yeah. Uh, should have been higher, but that's all right. Got it. Oh. Well, at least this song beat it out, Coop. At least this if, song if Rob, beat it If out. Robin was higher than this song, I'd be, I'd be, uh, yeah, be a problem. Yeah, we missed it. Um, so this artist actually just I'll mention had two songs in the top fifty. At thirty-seven, it was when Doves Cry. I think about right. Um, uh, and but this one, the more I look at this one, it was a little low. Um, mm. I think this one could have approached the top ten. And I it's think Purple so. Rain. It's Purple Rain. Um. And, you know, if if you watch our Purple Rain album archaeology show, Matt Ty just absolutely broke this song down. Um, like, I never saw anyone break this song down before. And if you don't, I, I just had a whole new appreciation uh, for for this song after Matt did that analysis on it. Um, mm. I mean, he put like, I, I don't know how else to say it, it was just like, it was like a clinic he put on with this song. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and like he said, um, and I'm pulling up his, um, the words he uses, this is the greatest pop ballad of all time. Second place isn't mm. even close. I mean, they mm. did this live, you know, and, and it's a long track and they don't usually edit this track because you lose something when you, and they realize it as well. But so if you're saying this is the greatest pop ballad of all time, this it's probably too low is what I'm saying. because I agree with Matt on this. Um, and if you watch that show, Matt goes into the chord progressions and everything with this, like, um, yeah. and, and it's amazing. So I came out of this. I'm like, yeah, this song is, is absolutely legendary. So I think it's a little low here, you know, after that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's got a, it's one of the best albums of that decade. It, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, we're going to be doing eighties. Uh, we're going to be doing the eighties, uh, battle of the bands. Um, so we're getting the we're getting the gang back together, and that's that album's got to be one that's going to go very high in the draft. So yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that that's going to be someone's first round pick. So oh yeah, 
I mean, it's it's so, it's probably one of the we, best albums of the, of the decade. Yeah, it, it it was my album of the decade. It really was. Um, so and yeah, I, yeah, and I don't was, think you're. I mean, I don't think you're far off from that from that opinion as well. Like, I think it's, it's it's yeah, it's right up there. Greatest pop ballad of all time. So I mean, it's uh, but but at least it beat out Robin. So uh, and when we get to the top, ten, I mean, when we get to the top ten, um, ugh, okay. Now I'm gonna give you a song that. For some reason, Robin is far more influential and important historically than. And that's a 21. So almost as important as Robin's song is Billie Holiday with Strange Fruit. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not the pick's a great pick, but but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, so this is an iconic song that was, it was covered by Nina Simone. People yeah. probably know the Nina Simone cover better. Right. Um, I would say. Uh, but uh, the song itself is about lynchings. Uh, it's about the strange fruit hanging from the trees, which were um, black people in the South that she was talking about. It became an anthem from civil rights that we were talking about earlier. It's on the song list. It's very evocative, extremely powerful. She was singing this song, right, about lynchings in America in the 30s, Coop. The 30s. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. bold. um it's just incredible it's incredibly it's an incredible song it's a very powerful song uh it's been sampled a lot it's been covered a lot yep i mean you could even argue that it should be higher it should be like top 15 just for its like social impact alone uh and billy holiday is 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 a very well-known um artist herself um but the fact that it's below robin is just insane like yeah this, yeah this song. I, I, i'm actually i'm not really upset where the position is i'm just upset of some of the songs that are ahead of it so someone making that list coop right someone making that list is typing it out and going like okay billy holiday strange fruit 21 and then they go to 20 and they put robin, it's gotta they, be still robin okay. they still feel yeah. okay doing that yeah exactly like, yeah well it's got to be robin yeah they, they don't call someone and like are you sure yeah like, yeah is that misprint like <laughs> But yeah, it's a it, it's incredible song, and then you look at the context of it, like yeah, it was in like the thirties. Yeah, when you know it's it's just like thirty years before civil rights, and she's singing this stuff out there. It's pretty yeah. incredible, really. Agree, uh, but yeah, but yeah, it's strange fruit. Not as good as Robin, but still, you know, pretty important. Not as good as Robin. Yeah, a little short. Uh, now I'm I'm now I for me. Okay, before you, okay, I'll leave it. I'll let you. I'll rant after you talk about the song. Seventeen. Uh, the artist is Queen. The song Bohemian Rhapsody. It's at seventeen. Um, you want to say top fifty? I'll give it. This is high for Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I, I know song, people. Is, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's got. It's a very look. It is a very innovative song. No one's going to take that away from it. It's not higher than Purple Rain. It's it's better. Yeah, I, I, this top fifty, I would have had this. Maybe even outside the top. This was high, and I know people are gonna say, "Well, no, you know, I see a little silhouette." Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's it's you know when I when I think it's not even the Queen song I want to hear the most. And in fact, yeah. when I hear it, I'm sick of the song. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was high. I, Good song. I, I hate the song. I think it's an overrated song, personally. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was innovative, but I think like when you look at the rest of this top fifty, right? 
Yeah. And you're looking at, you know, the Elton John, Chuck Berry's, the you know, Strange Fruit. I, I just, it, like, I just don't. It, it's innovative. Yes, I know it was in, it was made popular, and then it had a resurgence in the 90s. That's what it was. World. But it, 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 was, it was innovative, but was it influential? I can't really see. It had some social, and I think that I had. I think Wayne's World probably put this into the top twenty. That's all I can yeah. say. I mean, people, I'm going to get hate mail on this one. I agree with you, Dave. No, I agree with you. I don't hate the song, but yeah, it's high. I would say top fifty. I think it's too high. I think it's, too I think it's high, way yeah. too high. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, to me, I would put Radio Gaga and Hammer to Fall and uh, mm-hmm. Crazy Little Thing of All Love ahead of this song. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of songs I would have put ahead of this one. Um, and if there was not a Wayne's World, this wouldn't have been a 17. I, I agree convinced. with that take, actually. I agree with yeah. that take. I think that's good. I think you're spot yeah. on. Yeah. Um, now, I think this is placed right. I Could it be in the top 10? Yes, but it's not far off. It's not far off. And I, I, I would agree. I know which song you're going with. Yeah. Love this record. It is uh, Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter, 13. Pretty iconic song. It defined a decade, really. Um, the backing vocal from Mary Clayton is like the best backing vocal ever. Like her yes. backing vocal on this track is incredible. Um, oh, of, right. off, yeah. I mean, it's off of Let It Bleed, which is one of my favorite records. So I'm probably a bit biased as well. But there's uh, at least I mean, two or three songs in the top 10 I would put behind this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's close enough for me. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I think Sensei would have a problem problem with it. Yeah, I agree. What What's interesting, though, is that like this, this, like like that that it's not as it's not interesting necessarily that this song is thirteen. But what's interesting for me, Coop, and I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, is that we don't see Rolling Stone in the top ten at all. No. Like that's no, surprising I, to me. And this and this is I would agree that this is their best song for sure. Yeah. So again, we said it's about right, but Rolling Stone, you gotta put the Rolling Stones in the top ten songs somewhere. So this this would have been it. Um, you know, uh what was it? Satisfaction was on the list too. Uh Satisfaction came in um somewhere. Satisfaction came in at 31. I'm just I'm just surprised that there's no there's no Rolling Stones in the top ten, but I'm not. I'm not. Yes, I am here too. So with this song, it's more of my surprise that it's not in the top ten than I think it should be. Um, but I'm surprised that it's the, that they don't have a Rolling Stones song in yeah. the top ten. Yep. Um. Next one. Oh, this I love this song. Love it. I'm so su- I'm actually surprised where this song is. To be honest, I, I want to. Um. Comments. This probably was top three for me um mm-hmm. this one this one got bumped out of the top 10 at number 11 it's uh the beat artist is the beach boys the song is god only knows i mean this one gets bumped i i this is crazy three. i i would have definitely had this one in the top three and i could even argue for i could even argue it for number one it is a mm-hmm. unbelievable song um and it is influential. It is, I mean, this is in that whole war of the Beatles, you know, Pet Sounds versus uh, Sgt. Pepper. And this was the signature song off, off the Pet Sounds album, for sure. 
So it it got I it got bumped. I think this was higher at one point. Um, it had to have been. It had to be bumped. I don't remember. I, I should see where it is, but this was. And we've done an album archaeology on pet sounds, and and uh, it, it is a great. It's just. I mean, we've talked about that whole the work that went into that. This was the first track of the second side, um, and um, it's it's on. It's it's an unbelievable. It, God only knows is often praised as one of the greatest songs ever written. This is uh, that um, I've seen this. This was um, written by Wiki. Uh, it was a Wikipedia reference for an article. So I've heard Paul McCartney talk about this song. Oh, I think he's done duet. They love that song. I think he's done duets with, with Brian uh, Wilson on this too. It, it, to me, this is top. You want to say not number one, top three. This was a disappointment to see this one not make the top ten. McCartney loves this record. Um, oh, oh, it's they, it, they, they, played, it, yeah. they played it for him, but they they went over to yeah, we, we England with with I think before it was released even like maybe yeah. with it's a promotional and they played yeah. it for him and was it for yeah. him and. And uh, Lennon, maybe after yeah, a party, and they're like, "Oh, my, they're like, oh my God, we got to up our game." <laughs> yeah, that's what. So it was a creative. There was a creative war going on with these guys. Not that it was bad blood, but it was like, uh, it was definitely creative, creative juices flowing with that. I mean, what surprises me, Coop, and I'm with you, is this should be top five at least. What surprises me is that Pet Sounds consistently ranks in the top five when they do their albums of all time. It never so won an I don't album know how you can have. Yeah, I don't know how you can have the best track off of an album that you constantly rate top three, and have it be eleven. Like this doesn't make sense to me. When we get to you know when we go through the top ten and we see it's a ten, it's an absolute. This was an absolute miscarriage of justice that this was bumped out of the top ten. And actually, number nine, uh, we'll get to that one too. But what surprises this, me is is like even within even within the Rolling Stones' own logic of their other lists, I don't know how yeah. this goes down. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get um, it. So I, it's I agree, surprising. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's it, that it's a phenomenal song. Um, yeah. I went so I'm 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 busting into the top ten now. I have so okay. I'm gonna talk. Well, I'll talk about it later. I'm gonna steal my own thunder. I'm not gonna do that. Um, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Number six. You could argue that this could even be higher. Could um, this might have been a former number one? If I'm not, could could have been. I, I'm gonna look that um, one up. It's one of the best songs ever written. Like, it's incredible. Um, it was the first time that Motown went social and political. And th there was a lot of um, conflict at Motown when this was getting released. Like, should they release it or not? Is this what Motown wants to do or not? They were very, the Barry Gordy didn't know if he wanted to release it. And then it ended up being like a top 10 seller. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. It placed uh, it, number four twice before. Yeah. So it fell a little bit. It's it's just like it's an extremely social political song of the time. The whole album is really. Um, it's an amazing vocal. Like the message is incredible. It's just an amazing song. And it should be higher, it should be top five. It's at six, so like what are you complaining about really? But yeah, it is I mean, so good. Well, you can make an argument this is top three easily too. And this is just an amazing song. You know, some of the things going on in society today was ahead of its time. You could say, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great vocals and just it's one Motown. This was a very, very this song actually did very, very well on the charts. I think it actually I think it was a number two song. I don't think it hit number one. Well, I think one, this but, is one of the top selling Motown records. Yeah. If, I, if, if, if not, it's like top four or something. 
yeah, it's very, very, uh, very, very much up there. I agree. Uh, which is which is surprising when you listen to the record and it's so so it's so political. Like every song is either about yep. the war or police brutality or something. And to have it sell so well is 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 a testament, I think, to like how great Marvin Gaye is. Yeah, um, I agree. And it's just such it's such a good song. But yeah, I, I love that. I'll, I'll be talking about this song a little bit later, but yeah, number six. Yep. Uh, what? Are you... Oh, okay. I, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this song, Coop, because I have thoughts. Um, Fleetwood Mac's uh, "Dreams" comes in at nine. Um, too high. Just why? Uh, like what? <laughs> I don't... It, it's not the best Fleetwood Mac song. It's not the best Stevie Nicks song. Uh, it's a good song. It's it's. Before after this came out, it got some movement on TikTok. It's a good song, but it's not. I mean, is there anything influential or impactful about this song other than no. you know it maybe was a big hit off of the Rumors album? Um, but I would look at you know there's songs on the Rumors album that are so much better than this song. You know, you make loving fun. Don't stop. Uh, go your own way. Yeah. This, Gold Dust oh, Go your own way is so good. Go your own way is just a powerful, powerful. Uh, you know, break, kind of breakup thing. I, 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 you know, I know this song's had some TikTok success, but this list came out before. I don't get this at nine. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, no, I totally I agree. Like, yeah, it's not just way high. You're going to put this ahead of Purple Rain and, and God Only Knows oh, and going to, no, no, but no. not as bad. It's, I look, I think this song probably honestly wasn't top 50. And and yeah. honestly, I could even see it outside the top hundred. I could agree with that. I think this was very this was, high. This was a good list for Fleetwood Mac. Like I don't know why, but there was like a big Fleetwood Mac sort of push on this list, wasn't there? Um, yeah. I mean, landslide. I, this song. Let me see what I got here. I have the whole list in front of me. I actually made a spreadsheet. Um, Go your own way was at four hundred one, which I think we said was low. Landslide wow. was at one sixty three. Which, which we said was that shouldn't have been. And dreams was at nine. It was only they only had three. Uh, they only had three songs. But I think so I think a, my I think my thing is like the songs they had on. Like one was way too low, and the other ones is like why is this on here at all? Or or, yeah, or I, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, uh, what do we said? Uh, you make all fun. Uh, is really a good song too. Um, so I don't get it. I mean, I would put everywhere yeah. ahead of. Uh, I think you may everywhere is a better song than Dreams, but uh, but that's I'd me. Put a th- I put a lot of stuff in front of Dreams. Um, yeah, yeah, I would too. So no, yeah, we're not, like, we're, I would we're put, on the... like I'd put two hundred songs ahead of Dreams. It is better than Robin. I, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so they got that right. I mean, it is better than Landslide. It is better than Landslide. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I Fleetwood Mac got a lot of got love in all the wrong places with this one. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a big yeah. Fleetwood Mac head. The, I like I, I like Fleetwood Mac too. So it's not like I'm a, I, I I buy Fleetwood Mac albums. I like it. Yeah. I think that my last song. I think this song is uh, a a testament to like redoing the list. Like I think this song benefited the most from redoing the list. Absolutely. Uh, and it's Public Enemy "Fight the Power," which came in at number two. Which I I can't really argue that um, it's an influ- it's influential and impactful. Yeah, it's it's probably the most influential hip hop track ever. Really. Yeah. Um, yeah, that maybe 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 fuck the police maybe would be the other one, but 
it is like I mean it's, it has an activism it's it's a napalm bomb of a track like it is just like a nuclear explosion um and I think when you look at since the first list the rise of hip hop and the rise of just like social activism like black lives matter like stuff like that like kind of like a second civil rights almost um this song is at the core of all of that so i think the list is reflecting the sort of ri- th- this being number 2 is reflecting the rise of hip hop and the rise of sort of those social issues within the public consciousness um so that's why i think this track is so high uh probably it's got to be way higher than it used to be i would imagine um but an amazing song i can't really argue with where it is it's at number two but i think coop i'd like to hear you think i mean i think this this shows i think this song's rise is sort of due to the list being redone oh you're on mute you're on mute coop oh of course i'm on mute i was coughing yeah (laughs) um the problem is i think this song belongs in the top 10 but Mm. when we kind of review the top Mm. 10 i can make an argument probably goes down a few slots, but I, I get like where this is and I get the, the impact of this of this one. So um, Oh no, yeah, I could see once you go top ten, you could shift things up or down one or two. When you when you get into that when we get into the top five, you'll see what I'm talking about with that. You know? Yeah. No, so I, yeah. Yeah. But I but I do think that that like the list being redone, like this this song where it is is like shows that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, now I'm just going to go through the top 10 just to let yep. people know. So yep. I'm going to start with 10 and then after I do it, we can have our discussions. So we got 10 is outcast. Hey, ya, which means they've had two songs in the top 50. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to wait till you're done. <laughs> yep. I know. Uh, Fleetwood Mac dreams. We talked about that a little bit. Missy Elliott at eight. We get your freak on Beatles at seven with strawberry fields forever, which mm-hmm. you can tell by my voice. I, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking at you. Mar- Marvin Gaye, six, what's going on? Five is Nirvana, smells like teen spirit. We kind of all knew where that was going to be. That's probably why none of us talked about it. Yeah. Um, Bob Dylan, like Rolling Stone, number four. Sam Cooke, a change going to come, number yeah, three. Yeah. Two is Fight the Power by Public Enemy. And number one, Aretha Franklin with respect. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first here, Coop. Thoughts? Hey, yeah. Uh... What's going on? It's the top 10. What the hell? <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? We throw bombs over back. I mean, what is the word? I look, I, I, I'm do you think it's just a, do you think it's just their attempt to try and update the 10? Maybe like, I think I don't it was, know. I, I think it was, you know, speaker box was a huge album. I, I guess it was a huge it, album. It was a huge album. And I think they tried to pick something from speaker box, to, but it's just, Big son. I mean, I, I actually thought this song was going to win the Grammy when it did. Yeah. For a lot of reasons why I thought Harry, when this song came out, it was kind of like Harry Styles. It was played everywhere. But when you're doing a list like this, it doesn't belong at 10. It doesn't I mean, belong in it, no. It doesn't belong. In it. I like this song. It's a fun song, but yeah. But it's not. Can't. It's not. Um, I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I talked to uh, the Max Dreams. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think this is me. Right, I think you get those two songs out of there, Outcast and Fleetwood Mac. 
maybe you bump Missy Elliott. I think Missy Elliott deserves to be in the top 10 just because the impact on hip hop. So maybe bump her down to 10. You get those two songs out, which gives you room for Prince or. um, Superstition got bumped too. I mean, it was a 12 by Stevie Wonder. I mean, maybe you get, maybe you put, like, you can put a Bob Marley up there or um, another track that, that should have been higher. I do not know why, if you pick a Beatles song, why it's Strawberry Fields Forever, I have no idea. Like, what is that? Like, what happened there? Is Let that me typo? take it. <laughs> I mean, over, like, that's, hey, the, that's, the be- that's the best Beatles song? That one? No. Look, I mean, there's, a, <laughs> there's a song that didn't make this list, right? It's a McCartney solo song. And it's maybe I'm amazed, right? I'm amazed that that song wasn't on this list. And, and certainly it's a better song than Story for, Forever. I, I, I mean, you want to talk about John Lennon's place in Central Park? Okay, but it's, it's this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see, you know, if I was looking at Beatles Mount Rushmore, I don't think this is the Mount Rushmore song even for the Beatles. I'm, I'm just no. surprised. Yeah, I'm just surprised. <laughs> it's a, I, I, yeah. like Day of the Life. Like, Day in the Life comes. It, Day in the Life came in at twenty four. The Beatles did very well in this in this section, by the way. So the Beatles had. I mean, they had three songs in the top fifty, and I think they were the only ones. Um, let me pull this one up here. Let's see if I can find it. Um, like my guitar gently weeps. Like why is this Strawberry it, Fields Forever? Cool. I, I want to hold your hand with a fifteen, which I also thought was high. Uh, Day in the Life was at twenty four. That that was well. Yesterday was at seventy two. Hey Jude, all the way down at eighty nine. I mean, <laughs> um, in my life, uh, ninety eight. I mean, uh, uh, something is at one hundred and ten. This is so, something. I, well, I mean, I don't. I, I, I don't understand I, this pick. I think it's stupid and ridiculous. I would put. I would put John Lennon and uh, Yoko Ono. As nobody told me before this song. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it's not a bad song. It is. A, it is a, but it's not top. The best Beatles song. Not, they no, have it as the, the best, best Beatles. Beatles song. I would not put this on a Beatles Mount Rushmore, so I'm kind of going it. It's not even top four. No. So, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Yep. We can argue that should be higher or lower. Um, But I'd have to say, sort of the top five, I mean, you can argue where they are, but, I mean, Aretha Franklin's Respect, I can see that. That's a very good song. It it deserves to be up there somewhere. Sam Cooke, Change is Gonna Come. Like, that's an extremely influential song. I I probably would have had that at two. Yeah, I mean, maybe Bob Dylan, you pick a different Bob Dylan song, but Bob Dylan's always going to be high. Yeah, and Smells Like Team Spirit. That's that's constantly in the top 10, so... They they reckon, sir, with the exception of, like, most of the songs, with the exception, I said, Hey, Your Dreams and Strawberry Fields, they went, well, I thought Missy was a little high, too. But the top five, they went went very conservative with the top five. They picked five songs that you, no one's going to say this. None of these songs belong in the top five. Yes, they went I very, agree with that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, because I think, like I said, uh, yeah, if they would have put Story Fields in, in the top five, it would have been a problem. Now, here's uh, here's the problem, Coop. Here's uh-huh. the problem. In this top 10, right? And maybe uh-huh. even the top 50. I have to look it over again. No Madonna or Led Zeppelin. So... Let's kind of let's kind of talk about that. So Madonna, what is ha- going I, on? I have the list here. Okay, 
He's so, the highest selling female artist of all time. 161 was Into the Groove. 139 is Vogue. 55 is Like a Prayer. And that was it. <laughs> so she got three songs, and they were iconic songs. We could talk about that left up now. Zeppelin. Let's come in at Zeppelin. Um, Zeppelin. Uh, highest one is Stairway to Heaven at 61. We talked about that one. That should have been out there. A uh, whole lot of love at 128. Uh, Cashmere at 148. And so, yeah, um, I'm not going to argue the three Led Zeppelin songs that made it, but the, again, 61 is way low for, mm. for Stairway to Heaven. I mean, that typically oh. when they do the greatest rock songs of all time, Stairway to Heaven is usually number one. I just yeah. remember like they used to do countdowns when I was growing up and that was always the number one classic accent. And they, they clearly, so I think that got hurt by some of the newer artists. I mean, you can tell me that Hey Ya is a better song than, than, than Stairway to Heaven. All right. This is my thing. Yeah. You know, and you call me like, you know, yeah. Too, you know, too woke or whatever. But Madonna is the highest selling woman artist of all time. Right. All time. She, has iconic songs you have in this top now the number one song is by a woman but in this top 10 you got one two women artists two i mean you can count stevie nicks i guess you go three in a song we believe both shouldn't be there yeah. and you don't have madonna who's the highest selling most influential woman artist of all time you, you don't, don't have you don't have oh, or, you don't have like like a virgin up here or like anything, that's insane. It's a crime. It's ridiculous. You know how I'm coming. I'm coming out with way down at 385. I remember. Um, but that has sold 355 million albums. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, and she's not at the top like 50. What's happening? Song, what happened there? An, there? Okay. So let me ask a question: Is there a Madonna song that should have been in the top 10? I put like a virgin up in the top ten, just because it's impact. I probably would put like a prayer in there in the top ten, but okay. One of the two. Um, Madonna was low. I mean, she didn't have anything in the top fifty. Um, insane. I would have put. I would have uh, look. Would you put her? Would you put her ahead of Missy Elliott? I know you were happy about Missy Elliott. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'd put her ahead of Outcast. Like, what's Outcast doing there? What, what, like what is that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think she belongs higher than Missy Elliott. I know, but I think I it say, was good. That, I yeah. think it was good they recognized Missy Elliott. I think Missy Elliott was a little high, but not very much. I think for me, you could bump Missy Elliott to the ten, get rid of Outcast, and maybe put Madonna at the eight or the nine. Yes, that would like, be my. Like that a, would like be for virgin, me. Like yeah. a virgin. Uh, yeah, you can even do Vogue up there. So yeah, like move Vogue I, I up say, there. I was thinking Vogue, but but I, I think like a like a like a virgin would be the one, like a prayer would be the other one. And um you mentioned Vogue certainly. I don't know if I Vogue's mean, top ten, but it's a, but yeah, there's gotta be something. She was definitely um not Michael Jackson yeah. either. What are no and no prince? I mean, uh Michael Jackson had uh and I have the list here, uh he had four songs. I'm sorry, so three songs. Had Billy, had, G- Billy Jean, you said. Rock with you, three fifty four. He's got a thriller, 20, surely. Peter one eighty five. Billy Jean forty four. No thriller. <laughs> what? Yeah, no thriller. 
Oh my god. But you gotta make room for Heya, so you know. Hey uh, uh oh only one George Michael song. And I think it's see, one of that's, the best that's, that's, that's a bit of a crime, I think. Uh see yeah. see here's the thing. Like you look at this list and you're like, oh okay. But then you look at songs like Robin and it becomes even more of a crime when you're looking at like what didn't make the list at all. Like Thriller or I, like Madonna. Thr- you're gonna tell me Robin is better than Thriller? I know Thriller some will argue is more influenced on the video and no yeah, was spoken but, words by Vincent Price on that song. And that was a key part of that record. But that record was like the biggest thing in pop music. Like how many, like what's what like bazillion platinum that record. Yeah. I don't, I mean, and I know it's not all about sales, but like you got to measure impact somehow. And it's, I don't anyway. Yeah. So Dolly had, Dolly had three songs in the top 500. Um, to get my Dolly Parton in there, she has uh, "Coat of Many Colors," "Jolene," and "I Will Always Love You." I mean, people could. I mean, those are all amazing tracks. I guess I could argue maybe nine to five should have been in there somewhere because that was her biggest crossover hit. Yeah. So maybe that could have gone at like two hundred, three hundred, or something. But pretty good showing by Dolly. Yeah, Diana Ross had a bad showing. Uh, yeah. There were four songs, right? Three with the Supremes. Her only solo ones, I'm coming out way too low at 3D5. Do you no, think, Coop? Huh? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but do you think it's there's like a bias against disco? Like that disco, they just write think, disco off? I think there was. I think they threw disco uh, a few bones, but yeah, I think they wrote disco off. But the songs that, you know, Baby Love, Stop in the Name of Love. Oh, it's only three songs. I'm sorry. So she had Baby Love and Stop in the Name of Love. Uh, but, but, I know that they did. Uh, when no I reflections? feel love, no reflection. I feel love coming God. in at fifty-two. In my opinion, I, I know we talked about this. That deserved top fifty. That yeah. you're yeah. gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me Robin is better than I feel love. I feel love was the soundtrack of a of a city in New York. I mean, it was just. Yeah. There's definitely a bias when when you're gonna, when you're gonna do that. You know, it's it's uh. There wasn't a, like there, I think there were a couple of disco songs on here. Um, Sylvester's "You Make Me Feel Real" got on there. Yeah, that was a, there were a few, but yeah, disco. I probably I feel love. Like I said, it's the greatest disco song of all time. It deserved to. It deserved to, that top fifty. You you know that it deserved to be in that top fifty. I mean, yeah, I think. I mean, if you look at it, you got Public Enemy came out. That came out in the late eighties. Nirvana came out early 90s. There's not a lot of 80s being represented either, like Prince was earlier, but not in the top 10. Um, Prince did um, very well on this list. I mean, Madonna, uh, Prince did. Prince had Adore, Little Red lot. Corvette at 360, Adore 431, 1999, 339, Kiss at 85, When Doves Cry at 37, and Purple Rain at 18. So that's one. Two, three, four, five, six. Prince is very well wow. on Yeah, but, it could have should have been higher. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Purple Rain should have been higher. Over Outcast. Over over and over over dreams. I I am I mean looking at my other note was looking at the highest ranking Beatles Stone songs. Uh I mean I can't you can't really argue with the highest ranking stone song. That is their best song. It should have been higher. But that's probably their best song. I, I don't, I don't see how they could see "Strawberry Fields Forever" is like the best Beatles song. 
Like still, I, I that boggles my mind. I don't get it. I, I really, like, really, I really don't get it. It's not a mountain. impact songwriting anything. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at my Beatles Mount Rushmore, it's something. Mm. It is um, Hey Jude. Yep. Um, I probably put Yesterday on there mm. for sure. Yeah, I, I wait, but you can argue that one. Um, Day in the Life. Day in the Life, man. Dana Life was brilliant. Um, let it be. My guitar gently weeps would be way <laughs> up there for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's mind boggling. Uh, my uh, guitar gently weeps wasn't even on this list. That's insane. How is that not on this list? Um, <laughs> I think we're especially. Gonna, I think that, yeah, I do want to do a show, Dave, where we we each come up with a list of ten songs that should have been on this list. Oh yeah, I think we have to do that. Um, and I'm I'm actually pulling the data together where I'm gonna like which artists, which genres, and all that. So at some point we I'll, I'll I'll put that up on the website. That's probably better suited for the website. But yeah, I think um, you know the other one that oh, man I'm thinking of songs that really were missed right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now I'm really thinking a lot. I mean, here's one that was outside the top hundred, mm. just like Heaven by the Cure. That was oh. a perfect. That was a perfect. That was when we got into the perfect song, right? That's a perfect yeah. song. If the, I'm not saying it should have been top. I mean, that top ten is tough, right? Because was oh, let me say something. The top five. Is there a top five song you would have knocked out of the top five to put someone else in there? Uh, let's look. Uh see, I I. Would still have Dylan, but maybe not that song. Okay. But there's no Fair. artist I would knock out. Like right. I would still have Dylan, yeah. but I might have a different song like um, Government Blues or something instead. Uh, all right. I I would say there were, I would have put I would have knocked out um for sure. I would have put God Only or Knows. I probably would I probably would have knocked out Dylan at like a wrong okay. song. I could see or that. public or public enemy. I mean, but that's yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, uh, you could put, yeah. But, but I wouldn't knock Public Enemy out of the top ten. Um, yeah, that's so. And then, then you get into Prince and Purple Rain. I don't think I would have knocked any of the top five out for that one either. I understand what Nirvana brings to the table with this one, so I'm being, you know. So I don't, th I I don't think I, you can move Nirvana out of the five. I would say Purple Rain. You want to sit, keep the top five, keep the top six. Purple Rain should have been at seven. Purple I mean, Rain should have. Purple Wayne should have been seven. Like, God only knows should have been seven. Purple Wayne should have been eight. Uh, Give me shelter should for, have been nine. Yeah. For me, the two that I would take out entirely would be Fleetwood Mac, The Dreams, and Outcast. Hey, I would have them gone. And I'd you would probably have quit. But you, but you would put Strawberry Fields out too. Yeah, I'd have it, but I have the Beatles there. I guess is what I'm saying. I, I would, would put. A I would put track. something. I would add something in there. Yeah. Like yeah, I'd have something. a different track there. Uh, I, and then I would probably move Bob Marley up and put Madonna in there. Yeah, there was and another. Maybe put Missy Elliott at ten. Yeah, I, I was at. There was another surprise in the top twenty that we didn't talk about. What was, was Sunset by the Kinks? Oh, yep. That was a surprise. Um, a very. It was a very. I thought it was a little high, but a good song. Mm. I didn't expect to see Water with Sunset in the top fifteen. It was a 14. no, 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 no. No. Yeah. Um, John Lennon's Imagine was at 19. That's a that's a more impactful song than Strawberry Fields. See, I just don't 
I could see see. I know why they want to get the Beatles in there, and any in any list, you got to have the Beatles in the top ten. Like I don't care what the list is even for. Well, well you go, yeah, yeah. I, I but, really think that the Beach Boys should have been in that top ten. Yeah, I could see that. I could even see Missy Elliott dropping out of the top ten to like eleven or twelve, and that's fine. Right. Um, I agree. But I think I think I think the problem is you got to have more than two women there, and you can't have dreams and hey, I, you just can't. Can't you can't have you can't, can't pay her. You can't. Like you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh boy. But there's the list. There you list. That's there it. We board. did it. We did it. Yes. Coop. So in the notes you will see we did it. it took over a year. Uh in the notes, <laughs> this was this was a great exercise. In the notes, you will see the whole Rolling Stone top five hundred list. Uh We'll, I said sometime down the road, I think we'll do that show where we, we come up with 10 songs each that miss this list um, that should have been on there. And uh, I guess I'll break down this data at some point, too, um, to see. So, yeah, we, uh, it was a fun exercise, Dave. I hope every, I know people enjoyed it, so I hope you enjoyed it. Give us your feedback on it as well. Oh, it's great. You disagree with some of us, but it was, this was a lot of fun. Uh, like it was over a year-long project we did with this. We did 10 shows we devoted to this. So this is show 90, so one out of every nine shows was one of these. So this was a fun thing to do. No, it was great. I loved it. I loved doing the whole, yeah, the whole thing. Yep. Um, but now we're in the new music. Enough of that old music. We're in the new music, Coop. Yeah. Uh, new music sponsored by Cigar Hustle, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, great store. Uh, great selection of product, boutique, uh, tried and trues. We get, you know, uh, the Roma Craft stuffs there, Perdomo stuffs there, uh, Fuente stuff uh espinoza stuff get on there if you can't get to their store check out their website and get on their email list um i think i mentioned the last show i got espinoza 55s right and hector gave us something to the teams now i don't have to dig into my box to give you guys that right yeah uh but well i mean literally i saw the 55s on on their facebook page before it even went to the email and i got them so uh you want to keep an eye on them on social media uh Check out the Cigar Hustlers pod. By the way, by the way, the Cigar by Hustlers the podcast. Have you heard the Skip Martin and Mike Rosales interviews? No. Your homework is to watch, is to listen to part one, especially that one. And we will talk Uh-oh. about that one on the show. Um, Skip, Skip is in rare form on that one, is what I'll just say. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a very good one. Uh, so you want to check that out. And actually, part two is good, too. They talk a lot about Romacraft stuff. So uh, Postani is their, their cigar. Um, I still haven't sent you your Postani Connecticut that's coming out because I haven't sent you anything yet, but I'll get that out to you as well. So definitely check out the boys at Hustle. And, and actually tonight, as we're recording, this Developing Palettes is doing the TP recap show, and, and, and I think they're going to ah. be on. Yeah. So they were covering – Hustle is covering TP as media. So – I, I I love the guys. I didn't see a lot of media from them though. So <laughs> I saw a lot of no. like, I saw a lot of influencer stuff out of them. I think I'm gonna call them influencers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> influencers, yeah, saw, you say. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Dave, what do you got for us? I told you you got a good selection of stuff this week. We got well, we talked about Missy Elliott, and there's a new record out by Skrillex featuring Missy Elliott. The record is Quest for Fire, the track is Ratata. And the track is really good. Uh, I love, I did a review of this on the site. I love Missy Elliott. 
we've not heard from her or Skrillex in a while. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. this is the second solo album by Skrillex. It's been nine years in between solo records. He's done EPs and featured and produced and stuff. Yeah. But. So I think it's uh, really good. Uh, so check out the review for that. Um, I think this is going to be on a lot or it's going to be on pretty high on my end of year list, this track. So yeah. you should check that out. I'm um, excited about this next one. I'm excited about Side B. Yeah, Side B, Pink with yes. Trustfall. This is the title track off her new record. Yes. Which she is touring. So I listen to this. It's your classic sort of pink energy, feminist themes of agency and strength. Kind of a classic pink track. Great track. Um, yeah. The album you'll love, Coop. It's a lot more dance hall and disco on the record than like her previous. I haven't. I've uh, only heard this track. So, yeah, I have to give it a listen. Uh, Solid pop track. I think it's her last record in like the last four years. I think Pink fans would be very pleased with this record and this track. Yeah. She still got it. Coop. Yep, I agree. That was good. So check that, check that out. Check out the whole record, really, but that's the title track. Um, album archaeology. Now I've been on this show before and I have said Lit It Bleed is the best record ever made. And I was wrong, Coop. No, it's still the a great album. The best record ever made, I think, is What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Very good. And that's your al- album archaeology homework. It is incredible. Uh, it's it's just then, got great then, social themes. Uh, the risk we should do, took, we should do an we should do an album archaeology on this one then too. One of the best albums ever. And the risk he took because he had people at Motown like we don't you're too political, don't do it. He had people telling yep. him what are you doing. Yep. And he stuck to his guns and made probably one of the highest selling Motown records ever. Yeah, I agree. So that is it. Check them out. That is it. Oh, good. And the cigar is great. So I was just asking. Yeah, I was actually asking. We skipped. So uh, so Dave, your uh, Maria Lucia is delivered for you. I mean, look how much I still got. It's smoking really well. Yeah, well made. We have good, good broadleaf cigar. I oh, it's agree. got great flavors in it, too. Like if you like that broadleaf, man. You're going to love it. Agree. Send us out, Coop. All right. So, again, thanks to our audience again. Um, And uh, that's going to wrap up Primetime Toothbox episode 90 into the annals of history for this. uh, We're recording it late February. It's airing the beginning of March. So uh, take soon our schedule. Uh, We should be announcing the next show very soon. Take care, everybody, and be safe. And we'll see you soon.